You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight we have an exciting evening planned because we're going to get into the fun. I've got my girl Riri back in the mix, and we are going to be talking about what the real housewives of Salt Lake City. It is it is coming and it's coming big time. So we're super excited. Uh, Riri is now connecting. So it should be on any second. Sharita, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Fantastic. We had technical difficulties. So everybody should be able to find us if they, you know, try and come back in again. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get back to girlfriend time and talking about one of our favorite shows. Yes. And so I, you know, I, it's funny because Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, it, it takes you on an up and down ride a little bit because um, in the grand scheme of things, these women aren't really super exciting. I mean, I guess when you add to it the fact that they're in Salt Lake City, I'm, I'm really not sure what it is, but I think that a couple of them have some eccentricities that work for television, but for the most part, the rest of their cast is really sort of supporting and you don't necessarily care about all of them, but you do. I mean, but it is it, it is fun to watch for the people that you enjoy. What do you think? Oh, I definitely agree. Like you said, you have a few shining stars, but the rest of them are definitely supporting cast where it gives a storyline to the supporting stars, but not memorable. All of them. Sorry, but they're just not. Yeah. And, it, and it's almost like now we know on any of the housewives shows, uh, a lot of it is manufactured drama. And so some, and and we have seen it season after season. You and I are reality TV connoisseurs going all the way back to the stuff on PBS, even before the real world. So we have rode this wave to the wheels of falling off, including uh, the housewives and, and sort of the formula that Bravo decided on, uh, you know, or really switched to follow um, in the wake of the success of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So it makes it, I think, even tougher because these shows are really just supposed to be about rich women doing rich women things. But there is um, what producers in the networks feel just based on the ratings, this need for drama but there's not always available drama. And sometimes you can manufacture it and the audience will find themselves kicking and screaming, but somehow being forced to care. But some of it, like the situation, and we'll get into a little bit more as we progress through all the characters, but like the situation with um, 
Jen and Meredith and the whole thing with her son. I, I honestly don't care. And I think part of that is because I just don't care enough about uh, Meredith to care about her being all, you know, have it as, as we say in the hood, having her butt all up on her back because Jen is supposedly saying stuff about her son or really not saying anything much about her son, more or less just uh, liking comments that other people make about her son, who, quite frankly, you and I talked about this last season. I, I wish Bravo would stop trying to make Brooks, Brooke Marks happen because at, yes. yeah, cause at the risk of Meredith not liking me either, uh, it ain't happening. Well, I think Andy appreciates his eccentricities. I will say, <laughs> exactly. And, and, Since Andy all is of a trying, sudden to... we're supposed to go with the narrative of him finding himself. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I I'm not. Well, I wasn't enthralled with him from last season, so it's, it hasn't changed this season. It hasn't. And, and it's really funny, right, that they're trying to, uh, especially Meredith, trying to take us down this road of um, someone making homophobic comments about someone who may or may not even be gay when that was really the whole trope that you all tried to put out with him last year. His first season, he was so over the top, you would have thought that he was auditioning for Pose. And I think what happened was he saw the way that he uh, came off on the show. He saw that the first couple of episodes, he started out with people liking him and really only because they thought that he was fabulous. And then later on, as the, as the season went on, the same people who liked him didn't like him very much. So I think he's trying to take things in a totally different direction. Um, it seems to me that all of a sudden he's, he's trying to go um, a more conservative route. Whereas initially he definitely was trying to lean in to the stereotypes. And I think that it came off it, he saw that uh, exactly what everybody else saw was that it came off a bit inauthentic, which is what people didn't like. Uh, and I'm hearing a little feedback. You have everything turned down over there, right? Yes. Okay. TV's good. down. Everything's down. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It may just be uh, my headphones are, uh, I'm still getting used to them. They're a nice pair, but I'm still getting used to them. <laughs> well, audience, if you don't mind, we don't mind. Cause we know you like hanging with your girls. So, um, Anyway, didn't mean to get started on Brooks, but that, of course, that was the very last thing we saw when the episode ended. So um, it was on my mind, but we'll come back to that later. So want to go, uh, what do you think? Should we just kind of go in order and did just do character by character? Yes, I agree with that. Okay, so first things first, they start with what they know we all wanted to see, right? Completely out of order not even following up on it, but they knew that they had to start with it. Which again, is really funny because once the episode began, there was no reference to it whatsoever because it goes back two months, which at that point, seemingly 
nobody knew about it. Now, based on if, and I know you have those of you who've listened to my other episodes, specifically the one that I did that really deep dives into Jen's charges, then you know that it is practically impossible for her and Sharif to not have known that sooner or later this situation was going to blow up. And what I will do um, so that we don't have to re-explain everything, I will put a link to that episode or at least refer to what episode that is in the show notes for this episode. So for those of you who have not heard it, um, you'll get a full explanation of the charges, where things are, and why uh, Riri and I know that just based on the pure facts, not us just speculating, but the actual black and white, that there's no way that uh, Jen and Sharif, who many don't realize is a former attorney, had to know that sooner or later, uh, unfortunately for them, it happened uh, right in the middle of filming, but that sooner or later, this situation was going to blow up. It was just a matter of when and how. Because, exactly. Uh, and, and if you notice, when she answered the phone, and it was clear that it was him who called her because she answered the phone, hey, baby, uh, it, the only people she would have called that was Sharif or her kids. So we know who it was. So she answers the phone, hey, baby. Uh, she didn't seem like shocked, you know. Now, granted, I, she she was she also was trying to play it off for the people around her, but she wasn't. You notice she wasn't like blown away. Even if you're trying to play it off for the people around you, if I called you and told you the FBI is at our is is at the spot, like this. Let's presuppose that me and Sharita had an apartment together or something, or or a business together, and I called her um, or she called me and said the FBI is at our spot. They're doing a full blown raid because that's what they were, and they're trying to find you to pick you up. If you didn't know what it was about. Even if there were people around you and you were trying to play it off, you would have had a bigger reaction because if nothing else, people around you are not, even if you had to run off that bus, you would have been like, excuse me, FBI? What the heck? What are you what? talking about? Why are exactly. they there? Exactly. There was none of that. There would have been outrage, everything. None of that. All she did, and I'm sure they had to cut some pieces, but even in those initial few seconds, what we saw was her going, I'm, I'm picking up every every move you make. What, oh, I apologize. What, okay, what we saw was her immediately going into cover mode. Um, get this mic off of me, blah, blah, blah. Because obviously we didn't see her call her assistant. Now in the news it said it was her aunt. What where Bravo is kind of shady, um, it, and it was clear to me what they did is in that very next scene. I'm not sure what you're doing, but I, I can hear it. In that very next scene, we saw Jen Shaw with her assistant. There was absolutely no reason for that scene other than for the eagle-eyed viewer like us to pick up on the fact that that assistant that was at her house that they referred to as Jen's second assistant is the same person who picked her up in that pickup truck. Did you pick that up? Yes, I did pick that up. 
There was no reason for that next scene where they showed with her and the assistant. I don't even remember what that scene was about. There was no reason for it because uh, a few minutes later, uh, the main part, the main issue in that, you know, obviously was to see her interaction with Lisa so that she could tell us for the cameras, the situation that went down between her and Sharif and, and, you know, this whole thing. So, uh, not shocking Jen and Sharif having, okay, wait a minute real quick. So there really isn't a whole lot to say other than for those of you who don't know the reason why they were together. And there were more people in that van than we thought when you and I talked about this off camera, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, on the side, um, it was Jen, Heather, Lisa, Whitney, and even the new girl, Jenny was there. So it looks like the only person who wasn't there was Meredith. Is I I feel like everybody else was in that was was in the van or in the production van. I'm thinking I like I'm, I don't remember seeing Meredith. Well, see, now she well, I, out. Yeah, I wrote them down as they showed them. But what I'm thinking because I saw the pictures when everything first happened. Maybe they by the time the phone call came in, or maybe shortly thereafter, they picked up some more people because they definitely said that Meredith was going to meet them where they were going, because they were um, they were actually, of course, we didn't get they they didn't give any backstory to where they were going or what they were doing, but they were actually on their way to uh, fly out for their cast trip. That's why they were like, they were legit together. It wasn't some setup. They, um, they were at, I believe they, uh, if I recall, um, the story, they were at Heather's place, you know, her spa place. Um, and Jen, who funny was literally on Instagram minutes before because she was showing that her glam squad had just put in her box braids. Like, Literally, I even saw the Instagram that morning, her glam squad, she was like, oh, check out my box braids. Her glam squad finished her up. And I guess uh, they were doing her in one of the rooms uh, at Heather's place. So when they were walking out to the van, you saw Heather, Lisa, and Jen. And so that's why everybody thought that it was just the three of them. But as the scene went on, um, when the ladies started talking, you know, when it said 12 minutes later and you saw the FBI like roll up uh, like a like a movie or something, you saw that there was more people as a part of that conversation. Because then remember, there was Whitney there because Whitney is the one who went on Google and told them wait a second, it just popped up on the news that Jen, blah, 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 blah. Because, I mean, we all remember that day. Everything was literally mm -hmm. unfolding in real time. Her being on Instagram, then the whole thing, them walking out, and then they were like, there's a warrant for her arrest. And literally a few minutes later, the whole thing about, you know, her getting stopped or whatever. So... Um, and they, and like I said, they said that there was an aunt. So what we didn't see it, because of course, you know, they weren't going to like drag it out because some of it is just sort of white noise. But what we didn't see is that Jen, when Jen got the call and of course, as we saw, she told uh, the person to take off, um, to take off her pack, who I couldn't tell whether or not that was 
Whitney or if that was a production assistant because Whitney's hair was different um, with, uh, in the scene. So it was hard to recognize Whitney because of the wavy hair. But anyway, they took off her pack. So what we didn't see is that Jen asked them to stop the van. She got off the van and she called for someone uh, to come and get her. And she told them that she had to go because like Sharif was sick or whatever. She told them it basically it was a family emergency and I got to deal with it. She didn't, obviously she didn't tell Bravo, the FBI is after me. So, so whomever in her family picked her up, Bravo, because this was already on the internet, if you figure if Whitney found it, some of their people had probably already gotten an alert because of course they're going to do Google alerts on all of their cast members. So, um, when Jen got into the car with the assistant and maybe one other person, um, into the pickup truck, the Bravo vans, which was very smart, instead of them continuing on to the airport or whatever, so that they could fly for the cast trip, the, they, the production fan followed her anyway. Cause I guess, which if I was producing the show, I would have done the same thing because you figure if there really is a family emergency, you're going to get some good footage of it in real time. And if it's something like really interesting, then that's something you use for the show. So they stayed behind her. So that's why the Bravo cameras were actually there when the FBI pulled up on her because she, I guess, didn't expect that they were going to follow her instead of continuing on to the airport. So that's what happened. They didn't give us anything else other than Whitney telling the girls, wait a second, I know why this is happening. Look at Google, whatever. And then they say two months earlier. So first person we go to is Jen. And we see that Jen's got a new spot, girl. Yes, I did notice that. She has a fake Shashele 2.0. <laughs> and, and you know, it's so funny because you see where they have watched and seen the stuff on the internet because you notice that she was sure to mention that the lease ran out on the last one because she knows that everybody knows it was a leased house now. So she's going to play it. You know, she, she, you notice she played it like it was no big deal. Like, Oh yeah, it was a lease. Heffa, you didn't want everybody thinking that was a lease. Cause if you're leasing a place, why would you call it your, why would you call it the Shaw chalet? She was fronting like that was her house, but she had to perpetrate, um, you know, she like it was no big deal. So I, I thought that was a cute little catch. Now, that being said, the closet was everything. Yes. The closet but, was everything. What did you think? Did you expect anything less than from Jen, though? Uh, no. No, you're right. Um, although I got it. She gave me a cute little idea, though, because you know how we, you know, they give us the dust bags for our bags. But I noticed and I and I'd be interested in maybe you and I doing some little research between now and the next episode so we could tell all our besties listening to us. Um, I'd be interested in what's better for your bag, the dust bag or the way that she had it. You notice that uh, several of her designer bags she had in zipped up plastic bags like the kind you get uh the kind you take to a football game so they could see through your so they could see your stuff you know how yeah. you can't carry a purse did you uh, i noticed several of her bags were in those and i was like well that's cute and also then you can see you know you can see your bags kind of like when you get the clear containers for your shoes yes mm -hmm. 
So I was wondering, I was like, I wonder what's better for your bag, the dust bag or one of those? I mean, dust bag for obvious purposes, but, um, you know, if the bag is leather, does that make a difference? So I was like, you know, we're girls. We notice stuff like that. But <laughs> so Lisa comes over and I'm going to leave this to you. Okay. So Riri, tell us about the bombshell that she drops when Lisa comes over. Um. I may have missed that one. I apologize, but I was flipping back and forth to the VMAs to see Lil Nas X. I'm sorry. I think I missed it. Oh, well, then you must have missed the Lil Nas X performance, too, because he performed before the show came on. I actually saw it. Um, I, I He was actually... at like, yeah, he was at the end of the last one. I think who else came on? I was flipping back and forth. I unless apologize. he did, a, unless he did multiple performances, which is possible. no, no. He just did the one he did Montero with, and the other song with uh, what's his name, Jack Harlow. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I actually thought that it was. Uh, I actually thought it was a good performance. And it I'm really sure, was. And I'm sure that um, uh, uh, Boosie is somewhere where his head exploded. <laughs> Um, you know, because he's obviously like so pressed that he seems like he's practically in love with Lil Nas X. So, um, so anyway, so Jen tells, uh, tells us that she and Coach Shaw almost divorced six months ago or six months before the filming, which pretty much would have put them based on when we know filming took place. Uh, well, we know that the, it, it's actually it's pretty interesting because we know that filming was going on last spring. We know that her indictment happened in mid-March. So two months before mid-March would have been January. Well, they had just done the reunion about two months before that, because remember they, they filmed the reunion when the show is almost about the end about to end because they want to make sure that the women have seen it. So they are, so they're mad at each other. So yeah. if their reunion, let's say they filmed their reunion, like actually filming it, not showing it. They filmed the reunion somewhere around October, November. And this scene between her and Lisa was filmed in, um, in January, that means six months before would have been around, would have been sometime in the summer of 2020, which means that by the time they had already, by the time they filmed that reunion and Coach Shaw was there with her and, you know, loving on her or whatever, the situation between them that she told Lisa about had already happened. It didn't happen in relation to them filming the first season because the first season was actually filmed in like 2018. Yes, I but, remember that. Yeah, but the reunion was did not get filmed until the show started airing. So the reunion was filmed in the fall of 2020. So whatever went down between her and Coach Shaw, which would make sense, happened sometime during the summer of 2020. And the reason why it would make sense is because that would have been when they were quarantined together and he would have been stuck in the house with her and whatever they were going through, like most couples uh, who are divorcing now, was amplified when they were stuck quarantined with one another. The difference is that he and her decided to stick it out. And it, and it probably is in large part, especially because of the religion, because uh, he apparently, maybe not so much her, but he is a devout Muslim. Yes. So, 
Um, so I thought that that was interesting in terms of uh, in terms of uh, the timing and what we know about how what was all going on in real time. But she said now they're in couples therapy, which is great. It makes sense. Um, I think it speaks to the fact that Coach Shaw is not like your typical just, you know, just a jock and, you know, toxic male, all of that stuff. Plus, he is very educated in um, because, again, he's not only um, he's not only uh, whatever degree he got in undergrad, but he's also an attorney. So um, he has resources and has been around things like counseling and therapy and things like that. He works at a university. So um, he knows, like any most people who are somewhat enlightened that if him and her are going to stay together, especially since their kids are, I, I don't know if both of them are grown, but we know at least one of them is, and the other one is probably well on his way out the house. If y'all going to stay together, you don't have the kids or anything as a buffer. You're going to have to try to figure out how y'all going to do this. So, um, but she said she, she talked about her issues. There really wasn't anything new with the issues that Jen talked about. At least I didn't think so. The stuff with her dad, um, and all of that. And, and I don't, I don't say that to downplay it. I'm just saying it just wasn't anything new. Um, and then of course they talked about the stuff with her and Meredith. I don't foresee, and, and of course the previews kind of bear that out. I don't foresee that something like that would ever be resolved, especially if the person feels like, and I get it, uh, as a mom, it's one thing for you to come at me, but if I think that you're coming at my kids, um, no matter what my kid may or may not have done, if you're a mom who thinks of, who thinks about your kid as always being a kid, no matter what, um, you know, then that's then that's a different thing. And it's I don't think it's the same as you know how like when um, Kim Zolciak's daughter used to come at Kenya. And I think most of us agreed that Kenya was totally justified in what she when she came back at Brielle, number one, because Brielle was coming at Kenya for no reason whatsoever. And two, Brielle was good and grown. So so that was a completely different situation. You were inserting yourself in something you had no business being in. And quite frankly, Kim never had a real reason to be coming at Kenya the way she was. Kim's yeah. beef with Kenya never made any sense. So for her daughter to jump into it, who was good and grown and was vicious about it. Um, I, I think most of us agree. No, you, you on your own with that one with Brooks. I didn't necessarily, and I'm sure uh, Jen didn't either. I didn't necessarily like that whole thing where he was trying to make it seem like Jen practically assaulted him with the whole um, alleged vagina episode at at the house. I still don't believe he saw it, but even if it did, if even if he did, it was totally unintentional, and I think that he was doing way too much with that. Um, and, and, you know, and, and then of course it, that everything snowballed from there, but all of that, notwithstanding, um, even though she may have taken him, taken that as him throwing a shot at her, um, it was not that 
it, it wasn't all that big of a deal. All she had to do would be like, okay, boy, you know you ain't see my you ain't you know you ain't see my stuff, and then keep it moving. Um, and I also think that if some of the stuff on the internet that she was liking and whatever, if some of that stuff wasn't regarding his sexuality, even though he's the one that kind of made it a thing with the way he was acting, um, I also think they wouldn't think it was that big of a deal. I think this, I think the problem is because the stuff is related to his sexuality and despite how flamboyant he was last season, it is clear that Meredith perhaps has not quite come to terms with it in is living in the land of denial uh, as it relates to um, how the way that he behaved was going to be perceived by the public. Exactly. And uh, so, but all that being said, uh, I, I think it still comes back to the same thing because as far as Meredith is concerned, uh, Jen took a shot at her kid uh, I, I just don't think that is any coming back from that, especially since it uh, it however much of a big deal Jen may, doesn't think it is because she may think it's perfectly harmless. It happened multiple times. It clearly bothers him. And because it bothers him, it bothers his mother. And you, you that's something that you just can't fix, especially if she is not um, taking ownership of it, even if she didn't mean it, and apologizing to Brooks. And Brooks is also, also seems to be the type who wouldn't accept the apology even if she did. So it's, it's just never gonna be fixed. Um, Lisa, I actually, and I, I never thought I would agree with Lisa, but I actually do, uh, I, I, don't, I do agree with Lisa and I don't agree with Lisa. I don't agree with Lisa trying to force the situation between Meredith and Jen. To me, the more you try to force it, the more each of them are going to think you're taking the other one's side. They're not going to like each other, then so be it. They, they know that they're going to have to film together because they both signed on to this show. And however it works out when they're all in the same room together, let them figure it out. I, so I don't agree with her continuing to get into it. However, the one where I do agree with her is I absolutely believe that Meredith being friends with Heather and Whitney is no different then uh, in terms of how that would make Lisa feel as Lisa being friends with Jen, I think Meredith is splitting hairs to try to say is is no big deal. It's not the same because it involved your because the the situation with her involves Brooks, whereas Lisa is just Lisa. If I feel a mofo was coming at me and and disrespecting me then you don't get to tell me that that's no big deal because it's about how I feel. Exactly. Well, that's been the whole big thing from I didn't get from last season when Heather and Whitney wouldn't admit to say, you know what, we picked the wrong time to say what we told you. It was in love, mm -hmm. but you're right. It was the wrong time. It was supposed to be a joyous celebration and we told you something that we knew could potentially. It's like the owning it. So mm -hmm. they just won't own stuff. I, I get annoyed with all of them because they have a hard time owning something. Just own it. And on every episode, and I hate saying own it because we know that um, that Lisa from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was, why, why is her name going out of my head? One that's married to Harry Hamlin. 
Oh, Lisa. Um, oh God, what's her name? Okay, um, but now we've both drawn a blank. With Lisa, the Ren- Lisa Renna. Lisa Renna. Lisa Renna yeah. is always the one that's saying own it. So I hate to say it because I know that that's her line. She's always like own it, own it, and I can't stand her. So it's hard. So it's um. Well, I can't stand her on the show. Obviously, I don't know her as a person. But uh, so I hate using that line in the housewives context because it sounds like we're the Beverly Hills girls going on it, on it. But um, but yeah, I, I to me, I think it's the same thing. I feel like if if somebody who you're cool, you know, if somebody comes at me and I, you know, and I feel like not only did they come at me, but we're still not cool because of what they, you know, what they did. And, you know, um, and as Lisa felt, they, they insulted my integrity and whatever. And remember, we're not even Lisa fans, but fair is fair. Exactly. You know, so if they came at me and you're still friends with them. And I'm not tripping with tripping on you about that. I might feel some kind of way, but because I don't want to affect my friendship with you, I have to just put the wall up and we just have to have the understanding that you can be friends with whoever you friends with. But I, if I find out that you telling them my business or anything like that, then we going to have a problem. Or if, you know, somebody tells me y'all sitting in the room and them heifers talking about me and you don't at least say, look, you ain't got to like her, but that's my friend. So you're not going to talk about her in front of me. Then we're going to have then we're going to have a problem because, uh, you know, and because at the end of the day, you're uh, you're tripping off the fact that I'm friends with somebody who you feel came at you. I mean, granted, they did it through your son, but same difference. Either way, we both messing with people that the other one doesn't like. And either we going to live with that and and, less, and and of course, in the real world, these worlds wouldn't collide. I mean, because I have had a relationship where uh, everybody was cool, but uh, me and the other person, one of the people, things, you know, went however they did, but you know, neither one of us stopped being friends with of uh, with the rest of the people in the circle. And because it's the real world and we're not filming a show, unless it's like a party or something, we don't do things together. They they don't do things with they don't they don't do things with her that they invite me to, and vice versa. But because this is a show, you know you're gonna have to film together, and that's my issue with Lisa. You know that these heifers going to have to film together. So let them work it out however they work it out when they film together. Uh, If that means that like most of us do in the real world, when you don't mess with somebody who just happens to be where you are and you just maturely ignore them, then so be it. Or in the case of a reality show, the producers are going to make you interact so that you can have drama. But for Lisa's purposes, Again, still not a big Lisa fan, but I I do think in her own way, her heart is in the right place. But she, even if somebody was to try to broker a truce between Jen and Meredith, Lisa is not the one to do it. Because as we saw later on at the Shabbat dinner, Lisa's too pushy. You know what I mean? Like, did you didn't you think she was a little she was a little too pushy with Meredith, especially when when it was clear Meredith wasn't feeling it? 
I've always found Lisa to be a little pushy with Meredith. It's like she's, it's almost that Giselle slash Robin thing. Uh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Girl. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I think that uh, Lisa is, is a little pushy, period. I think yeah. it's fine. I think it's fine when she's in her professional setting because she's obviously a go-getter. And and is successful, and so she gets things done. So that assertiveness works, but um, that level of assertiveness does not always work in interpersonal relationships, especially when you're dealing with someone who is not as assertive as you are. We know that Meredith is not a very in-your-face type person. Um, it's when she gets angry is almost uncomfortable to watch, especially since her, the only thing on her face that moves her and Lisa <laughs> is literally the bottom of their face. I literally rewound that scene when they were going back and forth and watched it again. Both of their faces are so, um, just paralyzed. So much Botox. Because they got yes. so much Botox in it. That, yes. Exactly. That not only do they not make expressions and whatever, but neither of their mouths uh, move or nothing on their face moves from the top lip up. Even when they were talking, you know how when you talk, your whole mouth moves. Your, your top lip goes up, your bottom lip goes down. And you know, you're making shapes so that if somebody was reading your lips, they could read your lips. In their case, a lip reader wouldn't be able to read their lips because literally the only thing that moves is the bottom of their faces, like those, like the game thing we used to have when we were little kids, where you flip open the head and play the teeth. That's the way their mouths move. Speaking of uh, Botox and fillers, Jen, woo! I took yeah. A uh, I took two pictures. I haven't decided. Maybe I'll use one this week and one next week because they were both so good. Uh, uh, have pictures. You know how I use them for our advertisement for the show on Instagram. And uh, I got a great picture of Mary because Mary always makes the craziest faces when she's doing her diary. So, of course, I got. Yes, some she does. Oh, my God. Because she always does like the bug eye thing. So I got a good shot of her. But Jen's face it looks like it's it, we, she already has botox so of course her face doesn't move but jen has gotten a lot of fillers her yes. face looks like is a whole different size now we know that they film these after the fact that's why you know they're wearing the same outfit or maybe like sometimes two outfits so it is possible that there may be a bit of uh, a bit of weight gain too, especially if maybe she's stress eating with everything going on. Um, but uh, I don't think that that's necessarily weight gain because her body pretty much looks the same. That is her the fillers because maybe maybe they felt like they wanted to even it out, but it just makes her whole face looks bigger, look bigger. And the thing is. When they showed those pictures of her and Sharif back in the day, oh my God, she looks like a completely different human being. Yes. She literally looks like this person ate that person. And I'm not talking about because of weight gain, because we can tell that Jen is very tiny. Um, I'm talking about like the way her face is probably from all the fillers, her whole head and face looks like it swallowed up the little head and face of the woman in those pictures. 
and and Sharif of because of course we know men, the disgusting creatures they are, don't age at all. He just looks uh he pretty much looks the same, but just with some nice older man weight on, and it still freaking looks good. In fact, to me, Sharif looks better. Yeah, that little his little weight. Well, it's not much. He probably put on about five what? to ten pounds at yeah, most. It's, it's it's that nice older man, you know, weight because he he doesn't even have a belly. I'm no. like, I can't stand you, men. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like if you go on a diet and they go on a diet, they lose twenty pounds in two weeks. You still struggling on the first three. Exactly. Yeah, they suck. And then you know, brothers, they age well anyway. If a brother takes care of himself and lives good. He gonna look good until he is in the casket. So jerks. Um, speaking of looks, I gotta hand it to her because I don't usually like anything she wears. I like that cute little brown outfit that Meredith was wearing when um Heather came over. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that cute? Very cute. I I'm said, actually because first my audio down. I have the audio down, but I'm watching the replay now. So I'm looking at it like that is really a cute outfit. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I don't know if I was necessarily feeling the shoes like I liked it with heels. I just don't I just didn't like those particular heels because it looked like a really expensive outfit with some cheap shoes that you bought just because they were the same color. Mm hmm. But the whole thing and I said, oh, let me find. And then when they went from the front, I didn't realize until like. I think it was hard to tell because she was cleaning up. And then when Heather came open, she opened the door and you saw that it had a brown bandeau top underneath. I said, let me find out. But we know that Meredith, because she does the jewelry thing or whatever, fancies herself a fashionista. That's why she's always wearing the feathers and stuff. The problem is, is that she seems to be the only person who likes her fashions. Yeah. This one though it was a it was a hell. I did actually like this this brown chocolate brown one. I'm telling you, that's the only it outfit is. she's ever worn that I liked, like literally ever. Because her confessional looks are always a nightmare too. Yeah. Because this outfit she wore this time, oh my gosh, she looked like the the the, the oh I, I can see it in my head, but it's gonna be hard to explain unless you watch Bugs Bunny and there's this pink creature and Bugs Bunny was doing the creature's hair and yeah, well, he was doing the hair and he put the and, um, and it's got the fluffy in. boa around. Yes, yeah. that's that is exactly what she looks like. <laughs> oh my God, we are showing our age, but if anybody ever saw it, if you one of our girlfriends and our listeners, because we consider all of you all who listen to us our girlfriends and guy friends then you know the episode they were talking about. So uh, they have a new house. It looked nice, but to me, Meredith's new place looked like it's cool for, because it was beautiful. It looked like it was cool if you're staying there for a ski weekend or, or a week or something like that. It's still, um, but again, it's Meredith. It looked very stale, very whatever. It's like, if if it's just going to be her basically living there by herself, which is pretty much the case, the case because her kids are basically grown, until uh, Seth is there, it I don't know it, that I would um, it it almost looks more officey. I would be a little depressed. Although at the same time, when everybody was there when they were having the Shabbat dinner, then you got a little bit more of a home feel. But that's because you have the house filled with people. But um, maybe it was just the way that it looked when Heather came in. I just thought 
the most interesting thing in the room was the brown outfit. Um, and it looks like her and Seth are still doing the same thing. Uh, he's yeah. still out of town. Yeah. Um, I think well, it doesn't works. He, doesn't Seth stay in Ohio or Cleveland or wherever? Ohio, I'll say for a better word. Um, like Monday through Friday, it sounds like he only comes home on the weekends, right? Yeah, and, and she said that he was going to work things out to spend 50% of the time there because remember he was there even less than that. So I guess maybe, um, I guess, and you would figure, they probably figured out with COVID, you don't necessarily have to be there all the time because with COVID, one would assume he wasn't going back and forth as much. He was either here or there because that would have meant he was constantly on airplanes during the pandemic. Um, Heather, much of the same. We really didn't see much of Heather, the episode. I mean, what we saw of her was not a whole lot different than what we got last year. And I mean, no hate, because I, I, you know, we want some normalcy, but it just was pretty much her talking about wanting her daughter to have a normal college experience. Um, and, and I get it because we know what Heather's been through in her life. She's actually been very open about that. And, um, you know, she just wants things with her daughter to be different. I get yes. it. Uh, and, and I'm inclined to agree with her as long as, you know, if your daughter wants to uh, wants to go away to school as opposed to um, being home like her friends and stuff, and especially considered the kind of sheltered community they came from, that's actually, uh, it sounds like that would actually be a good thing. Um, and, and if she's willing to go away, away, and we know Heather can afford it, so that's not an issue. Because her daughter, her kids, remember, it's with when it comes to her kids, they not only have the fact that Heather makes the bomb living even without being on this show. Remember, she said she married into Mormon royalty in terms of money. The family, yes. uh, the family is millionaires, so her kids are set regardless. It's wonderful that she is doing well for herself, but the kids are covered. Now, Whitney is the one I want to get to, and it's not. Yes. It, not so much because her scene was all that. Clearly, she was drunk as hell, and her dropping that cake had me dying. And picking it up about three times. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. And and because I was like, well, she has the cake on a cake oh. thing. Why does it keep falling? And then I realized we what we can't see because obviously we're not there is that she, her hand must have been shaking because she was drunk. Yeah. Remember, they took like a gazillion shots. Shots. And she's not, trying to carry the knife. Like, she should have did two trips. She was trying to carry all the forks and spoons and plates But in the one only hand. way she would have been able to get that cake out there without it falling was, like, if she was being super careful carrying it with two hands. I think hands. that the yeah. fact that she was clearly lit is really, was really part of the problem. And I just think from the angle of where the, they were mm. filming it, we couldn't see that her hand was on some shaky-dakey joint. <laughs> she knew all that cake. It, it was a cute scene, though. That was so oh, funny. It was really cute because she dropped it. And then she still brought it out like all janky looking. Which, which makes I thought it was even funnier, funnier. to me. Um, and and it, to me, it was a perfect bringing Whitney back because this is what we like about Whitney. She can be a little messy or whatever, but ultimately, she's still the she's chick fun. that you want to go to the party with. Yeah, she's the fun girl. She's the fun one of everybody. That's why end of last season when she started getting messy, I was like, oh, I loved her for all of last season until she started getting messy. I was like, uh -huh. uh, 
But don't just get still, messy. when she comes back with the with the funny stuff, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm glad you have it. You on the show. They want you to be messy. Plus, by the end of the season, she probably was advised by, you know, each of them had their producer. Girl, we like you, but the show hasn't aired yet, so we don't know how the public is, whether the public going to like you. So you need to give us a reason to make sure if this show get a season two, you come back. You coming back. Okay, and you not Dion Snow up in this mug. Yep. So um, now, now this is where the reason why I was bringing up Whitney uh, in particular is I assumed that because he was older than her and both of them were married when they got together that he had kids. And and I think she maybe even referred to that. Now I don't she did. recall. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't recall us knowing how that they were like 23, 26 and 29. Cause I mean, her and her and the oldest are literally five years apart, like give or take one year. And they could have straight up been in high school together. And if they all went to private school, which I'm sure a lot of them did, hell it's a possibility that at some point they were in school together and didn't know it. Cause like she says, some of her friends from high school, and that would make sense because she would have gone to college. She would have been in her first year of college when he was a freshman, which means that if she was friends with anybody that was sophomores and juniors, they were in school with him. Yeah. So they would have some friends in common if they went to the same high school. So, um, but anyway, this is the part that is interesting to me. Did you know last season? Cause I feel like I don't know what planet I was living on, but I know I watched this show very closely and you and I were reviewing it. I do not recall for the life of me that Whitney had kids, let alone two. Yes. No, I remember she had two kids. See, I don't. And maybe because they, unlike everybody, unlike all of the other women, her kids were truly never a part of her storyline. And it could have also been, um, again, remember is, is, it's their season one. They're filming it. It's not on the air yet. Uh, I, for obvious reasons, I, I, it would not shock me if her and her husband didn't have the greatest relation, her and her ex-husband didn't have the greatest relationship in the world. So, um, I guess my question is, well, I have two questions. I got to look at, I think between now and next week, I'm, I have to go back and look at the history of their relationship. Cause I can't re- I think there, it, there might even be the possibility that these two kids are her current husbands instead of her ex-husbands because they're young. The boy is eight and the little girl actually looked like she might be younger than the boy. And if I recall the situation with Whitney and her husband, when we saw them get married last season, that was like them doing like a remarriage. Vow renewal, yeah. A, a vow renewal, but they had already been together for a number of years because when she first got with him, when she was working for him, I feel like at the time she said she was in her early twenties because she yeah had, she was like twenty two or twenty three twenty four fresh out of college basically exactly because she yeah. had had one of those early marriages like Heather did because remember her and Heather are cousins so they would yeah the families, Mormons yeah yeah their families made them do the same thing so it's so uh there's there's well. So there's, it's actually possible that both kids belong to this husband instead of the ex-husband. But, um, and if that's the case, then it wouldn't be any issue with 
them not wanting them on camera. Um, because if I recall correctly, last season, Whitney's husband was not in very many scenes with her either. Whitney's storyline revolved around her, her dad. Yeah, her interaction with the girls, and then outside of her interaction with the girls, her dad and her brother, right? She had the, the yeah. brother who, because the brother didn't feel the same way about the dad. So that. The brother and the sister, but the sister only came by that one time when they had like a dinner yeah. party for the dad. Yes. Um, I don't recall uh, her husband being in the mix. I think when they had the couple's trip, I believe Whitney was there. And I think uh, her husband was there because I think the only person who was there without a husband was Heather. And um, because all of them are married except Heather. And mm -hmm. then uh, Mary, of course, didn't really come to very much. Um, so, yeah, so maybe that's it. If the husband wasn't really in the scenes, then she didn't have the kids. But if if they introduced the kids, it must have been early in the season because uh, last year, because I did not remember she had kids. I wrote in my notes, Whitney's got kids. And then when it came up again, I was like, Whitney got two kids? <laughs> like, what the hell? So now let me get to your best friend. Mary. Mary Cosby. Girl, I know you <laughs> love you some Mary. That's Mary crazy. Is Mary still crazy. Yes, she is, but she got better wigs this year. Yes, Lord. Yes, Mary. Better wigs. Is, and remember, I told you the wigs thing was bugging me out even last year because I told you that I had to connect that uh, had shown me where Mary used to work in the hair salon. So I was like, what? Um. So Mary is doing a podcast, which you know now we're going to have to find. So, <laughs> so Mary is doing a podcast. Robert Sr. conveniently has been in Florida for six months. Robert Sr. spends an awful lot of time in Florida. You would think mm. after, okay, you would think after what happened with the grandmama dying and them thinking he had, he had something to do with it because she died in Florida. So I guess they must have a house or something there because when uh, I remember even from the grandmother dying story and that all happened like 20 years ago or, or whatever, um, uh, he was in he was in Florida because him and, and uh, Mama uh, Roseman was down there for however many months. And that's why the family claimed, well, when she went, she was healthy. Then all of a sudden, y'all in Florida for however long months or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Grandmama died. So that's why they tried to blame him. So, hell, if I was Robert, I wouldn't want to go to Florida no more. So, and then you want to just stay. You could tell him and her just. They it, married in name only. Yeah, I mean, obviously he got what well, he wanted to get out the deal because he got to prove that uh, he laid up with her since he had a son with her. And then that was pretty much it. So, um, so anyway, six months he's down there. I was cracking up when she said she started talking to herself. I was like, we all talk to ourselves, but something tells me you were answering yourself back. <laughs> so, and girl, please explain to me that hoarding mess that's supposed to be her designer clothes and stuff. I, 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 I don't get it. Well, she's the only person that thinks she's fashionable. She's, we talked about Meredith's fashion. I I think honestly, or not Meredith. Um, no, we yeah. talked about Meredith. Yeah. Yeah, it was her yeah, fashion. Mary's, you're right. I forgot about Mary. 
Mary, Mary fashion. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Cause Mary just throw a bunch of labels together just so you know that she Exactly. Has. She buys labels, but she's not buying the good piece. Cause we all know as any label, they have their more popular of pieces course. and they have pieces that didn't sell as well. Cause somebody, somebody took a chance and it wasn't a good chance. And exactly. she's, she's buying the not good chance pieces that probably Jane and Mittens on the markdown somewhere, but she buying them. <laughs> she they not right off the runway, even though that's what she wants you to think. And then no. she put a, then she always putting on a pair of tights with them. She just doesn't. She, I, I'm hoping this season maybe I think it's like everything when they see themselves after the first season, they usually pick their game up by season two. Because right now on her with her filming the podcast, she does look a little bit better. Her makeup's better. Her wigs better. Thank you, God. I'm like, but, I'm sorry. but Mary with the clothes thinks that the clothes she has are, are cool. No, they're not. Well, she dressed uh, like I don't want to offend the church people. But she dressed like but a she, church person with money. That she dresses like a church person with money. That's the the Romans outfit. She dresses from the Romans catalog. I'm gonna leave it like that. Exactly. <laughs> Just a mess. But then she had the cause you know you had to see the Tom Ford. But then what what was the those little flower heads? I said, now what designer is that? With the heads, with the us, I, I was like, oh Mary. That's where you just gotta shake your head and go, bless her heart. So they're at the place of the podcast. The one guy's grinning just worked my nerves. And girl, how about when she interrupted him with the prayer? She was like, Yeah, you ain't gotta do all that. I was like, oh snap. <laughs> Did oh, Mary she just got a smart mouth. him in front of the, yeah she do Mary got a real reckless mouth she got a real smart mouth and she does which made we saw that last season season okay. that's what I'm saying like she really says stuff and it's like yeah she she just comes off with it like wow especially when she was directing the choir last season I still I was watching the the they repeated the whole last season leading into this season so I was watching a good portion of it today and stuff I missed before I just started laughing Mary's funny though. She is funny. <laughs> yeah, Mary's mouth is straight reckless. She, had, I was like, she said, let me show you how it's done. I said, did she just show him how to pray? But at the same time, that shows that even she know that they be doing stunts and shows. Because if he's that into his prayer where he is already at the, uh, and, the and the Lord, and, the, and he's getting ready to do a full-blown Pentecostal t- 30, 40 minute. And they call he's hooping, he's hooping and hollering. Yeah, he was about to get in the speak because you know if she had let him go any second, he would have started speaking in tongues. Now, but yet when she goes, no, wait a minute, stop, he's able to stop on a dime without any residual like like dude, I thought you was in the spirit. You ain't still feeling yeah, that was it's like okay, real interesting, bruh. Um so anyway, she it, she talked about how this part was like 50% sad and as with Mary, still 50% weird. When she says she never fit in the world, she was never liked and didn't really feel like she was loved uh, fully. And um, that's why she doesn't trust human beings um, and says that she was born for God. Now, I I felt for her when she said that because there was clearly something that she was lacking, and it's and and when it comes to you feeling like that, whatever it is just that you felt like you were lacking, that wasn't your fault because you were a child. There was something that was lacking coming from the people who 
were who raised you, not giving you whatever reassurance you need, letting you know that the fact that you were different, or if you notice that man must have known her for many years because he spoke up and said peculiar. Like when she said I was different and he was like peculiar. And I was like, oh. And so um, clearly whatever reassurance that she needed that being different was okay. But as you and I both know, she, her family was between the church and the businesses and doing all this stuff. They, and, and especially in the church in particular, and you are part of the church family, it wasn't okay for her to be peculiar. She probably got in a lot of trouble for being peculiar or different. So um, I could feel her on that uh, because given, you know, just what you and I know um, about the, that environment, no, it wouldn't have been okay for her to be different, even if it was just that she was a little odd. Um, so, I mean, cause you know, that is never okay to be different. Like if someone's gay or something. So um, heaven forbid, she, she might not, uh, been gay, but she was still odd, and that wasn't okay. If you're part of the first family of the church, you're supposed to present as we want you to present, and she didn't, because like she said, she was different. So, um, they talked about smoking weed. I thought that was funny, because I kind of felt like either there, there was some real funky editing during that scene because it was obvious to me that when she asked them about what kind of drugs they used to use, that one guy said more than just weed because his sit, they, it was, you heard him say weed and then it was clear that they cut him off whatever else he was saying. I was like, yeah, weed ain't the, the only thing that that dude's been on. So, um, Next, did now did you notice that with the editing during that scene? Yes. Well, I've noticed that with um, the whole Real Housewives team. Oh yeah, there's Sometimes been some real funky tell. editing. Yes, I've noticed that. Yeah, but in that scene, I said, yeah, he didn't just say we. <laughs> they saved him from his, from everybody knowing his business. They like look, mm -hmm. this show ain't about him, so we not gonna let him embarrass himself. Um, next, we have Miss Jeannie, who is forty five. I get the impression that I, I think we're going to like Miss Jeannie. Oh, she's spicy. And I like that. I like that, too. And I like that um, we got some education with Jeannie and her husband from the jump. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a little random how Lisa led into it. It was clear the producers wanted her to, like, kind of help Jeannie give us more of her background. So it was a little, um, it was a bit of a, a very hard segue that was, that made it clear that they, there was an agenda to get her to tell her story, but however it came out, I thought that was very interesting. I liked the fact that she was very like cool about it. Like, yeah, we were both people. This is how we did it. The thing that her husband talked about with the thing underneath, I didn't know that that sounds freaking scary as hell. And I can't imagine um, that some unfortunate tragedies didn't happen with people at the bottom of those boats because it's not like they were ships. They were boats. So um, that was really interesting. And how she told her kids <laughs> about being poor. And she was just like, you don't know poor. Exactly. And I loved that little nugget, that little girl, first of all, a face just as round and cute as it could possibly be. And she said, we are A kids, not B kids. I said, you better tell them. 
you better tell that little privileged monster sitting right there. You're like, um, no, we get A's. That's what we get. We're A kids, not B kids. I said, you better do it. So 14 years married. He's a chiropractor, obviously does very well because they live well. Um, did she say whether or not she worked or she stayed at home? I feel like they, uh, that that wasn't clear or if she said it i kind of missed it because i was trying to take notes uh did she say that she did something outside of the home or did they pretty much just focus on the husband they just focused on the husband okay um uh, oh i now this is the part i was like ooh, when she said when she met him she liked him from the neck down i was like yeah i like her because she keeps it all the way real <laughs> She said she liked him from the neck down, like in terms of his looks, because remember, she said he had a nice body. And then she said, you know, got to look, got to know him. I like that her face looks normal. Uh, that her face doesn't look overdone because I was concerned. Remember, I mentioned her to you um, that I thought that she had a ton of surgery to the point of looking like a doll baby. But apparently from it, that was just super ridiculous um uh what do you call it? photoshopping on the picture because on the show i did not think she looked overdone in terms of getting the work done and if she's had work it was good work what did you think so sharita yes i'm here Oh, no, I was saying I was talking about the work that she's had done. I was saying I didn't think that if she had work, it was if she had work, it was good. Work. Oh, no, no. She's oh, she's she's flawless at 45. Her skin is beautiful. Like I, I like her. Yeah. And but when I saw the pictures, the pictures they put out of her, they did a, a terrible job in terms of making her look overly photoshopped. Is this the pr promotional pictures that they usually show yeah. for the beginning of every season? OK, no, I didn't see those yet. Yeah, I saw it because I even talked about it and I was like, I, because I don't, I don't, did I put it on the FNDD? I must not have put it on the FNDD because you would have saw it, but I guess I must have been talking to somebody and I was very disappointed because I was like, okay, this woman's face has been altered to the point where it's all, it, it, it look, almost looked like a stereotype of like a little um, Asian uh, 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 doll. But a porcelain doll, yeah. Yeah, a little porcelain doll, but apparently that was just some uh somebody a little overzealous with the photoshopping because they got it i think is the problem is they got to do so much photoshopping to all those other women's bad plastic surgery that they photoshopped her and she didn't need it because if she's had work done her doctor is the bomb because i i thought she looked great and if oh, she's she had stuff done then it's uh what do you call it did did they did uh made it look very natural Oh no, she she did. She might have done a filler here, something there. But if she did, it's very subtle. It's not over. It's not. Yeah, her face ain't cement yet, and I pray she doesn't get there because she really doesn't need it. Yeah, she doesn't, and she's forty-five. Honest, like you don't need to be forty-five. But to be forty-five, she doesn't look forty-five. So no, she that's doesn't. a compliment in itself. Yeah. Exactly, and and you know some some people of color, and uh, she is definitely one of them. And Jen, had she left her face alone, they kind of age the way we do if they live well. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
Now, let's see. So for the ladies, Mary, Heather, Whitney, and Meredith went to the igloo. I love a, a lot of times when Mary goes with them because a, a lot of times it seems like she, yeah, she has her quirky moments. But uh, if if they make it about her, but if they don't make it about her, you could tell she just sits there watching them like they're a television show. So Heather orders like me and you. She she orders for the real women. Like Heather proved why I could go to dinner with her because she was a foodie. She was like, you know, just just give me everything on the left side of the damn menu because I'm hungry. Um, yes. It, 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 she was like, we'll have the roast beef. We'll have this. We'll have that. I am sure, again, because of editing, there, based on what we how we saw Heather ordering, there's a whole lot of food that came to that table that we didn't see. So um, uh, this, I think, was one of the first times I really paid attention to Meredith's confessional look because they talked about her losing her dad. And yeah. again, oh, the make everything about it was bad that she's she loves pink, obviously, as is her prerogative. But um, the ponytail and that particular type of ponytail, she is too old for it. Or rather, her face, because of the surgery, looks too old for it. The makeup was very garish. There was kind of like a, it looks like there was a yellow with the pink, with the makeup. And and then, like I said, the, the pink dress is like the Bugs Bunny thing. I, I just, but her confessional looks were very weird last year, too. Um, she talked about losing her dad and, and we know that several of them have lost their dad. So that's, that's just tough. Um, Heather's makes a comment that I think it may end up being the title for me this week for this episode. She talked about getting caught up in Jen's friendship juice girl. When she said the friendship juice, you know what that made me think of too, is the, uh, the friend contract that Cynthia had with Nene. Yes. But when Heather says she got filled up that that Jen gives her so much friendship juice that she got filled up on it. And and Mary was like, I don't want none of that juice. She she keep it right over there. I said, you know what? Again, Mary with the dingers. Mary's gone. She she is. She's a weirdo, but she's going to give us some dingers. Um, well, she she get them right in at the right right time. <laughs> Yeah, Meredith, as always, and I get it, she just lost her dad, but even when she talked in other things, like even when she was talking to Lisa, between that nasally part of her voice and just her affect being so like, I'm going to say the same thing I said last season, my feelings haven't changed. Meredith, I'm not saying she is, people. I'm simply saying that she operates and presents in terms of the way she speaks and her affect being so like, uh, uh, she she makes me think she's on the dolls. And I, I mean, the <laughs> whole time I'm like, how many of them did you take and what kind? Because if, it, you know, I, I feel like I need a dosage a little bit, not quite as much. But, you know, I, I might want to try it out because she be lean back in the cut. Even when she is arguing, there's still an element to her where you're like, I'm still not quite sure she's there. But um, and, and really pretty much at that part, um, both what you what you really got from that scene in the igloo and pretty much right through to the Seder, which I thought was very nice. Um, everything looked beautiful, but ultimately really not much to see there either. What no. we got, what we got and it's in part of it too, is because again, I just don't think 
Meredith doesn't give me enough to care about her for the amount of time they spent on her. Um, I Unfortunately, I think what's going to happen with this season, even though all of them claim that there's a lot more drama that goes down other than just the Jen Shaw thing, I think that they are going to benefit, which very well, and they earned it. They absolutely earned it. Um, they're going to benefit a lot from being on Sunday night. And um, what, and that's going to be really important to them because I think that they are going to have a lot of filler working their way up to the Jen Shaw stuff because what these women consider to be drama is not drama on the same level as the women from the other shows. None of them, it, you know, as a group, like some of them are, 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 have relationships individually. Like for, for the thousandth time, we know that Lisa and Meredith have been friends for 10 years because Lisa keeps saying it because she doesn't want to lose that friendship. Um, and we know that Whitney and Heather are cousins, although uh, given their age difference, I, I, something tells me they weren't super duper close. Um, and plus, Whitney was more or less excommunicated after the situation with her marriage and Heather's marriage just ended not too long ago. So between their age difference and the, the church thing, I doubt that Whitney and Heather were truly close. So it, these these women, uh, it, other than a couple of individual relationships, don't have real relationships with each other, not and certainly not relationships that lasted years. The shows that have done the best in terms of um, whether it's drama or just different things they have gone through and helped each other through it, um, those stories were compelling because those people had authentic relationships. Even uh, Kim and Nene, they, they, had a, they were real friends in real life. Um, these women are not. And because even after they got to know each other, they still didn't become friends because for the most part, they don't like each other. Most of what happens between them is manufactured because unlike women from like the housewives and stuff who at least became friends in real life, um, they don't have a true interest in one another. So they don't know anything that goes on in each other's lives. Like how does someone's parent die if somebody is supposed to be your friend and you not know about it and 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 you're finding out about it only because you're filming and, and their parent died x number of months ago that's you know so these these women don't have um don't have real relationships which makes it a little harder to watch and we know whether meredith admits it or not she's aggravated about the fact that lisa's friends with jen just like lisa's aggravated about the fact that she's friends with heather and whitney of course i think we will see that her relationship with heather uh, that lisa's relationship with heather and whitney will you know i think that they'll be okay because they never were really friends in the first place because lisa always thought at least that Heather and Whitney were beneath her. Yeah. So I don't think she ever cared that they were, that they weren't friends. Um, she just, I think Lisa's issue is more about the fact that Meredith is friends with them as opposed to the fact that they don't like her. I don't think Lisa gives a damn that they don't like her because she doesn't like them. She doesn't like the fact that they said stuff about her that, she didn't feel was true. But at the end of the day, these are people that she would never be friends with or deal with outside of the show. 
So I think although she's never going to say that, Lisa's primary issue is really just the fact that Meredith is friends with them. Exactly. So it's um, because Meredith was supposed to be her girl. Um, the thing with Jen, you know, I think again, from Lisa's standpoint is strategic. She knows that Jen, um, at least last season, Jen is the show. And so it, you, it makes sense for you to try to, um, keep that relationship going with her, um, a, to keep her on the show, because like Andy Cohen says, even no matter who the person is, if nobody will film with them, that's going to impact whether or not they can keep them on the show. Exactly. So uh, Lisa is strategic and she's smart. You, she knows you can't lose Jen. And also that the um, if you can uh, be friends with Jen, you're going to get more scenes. I, yeah. And that's funny too, because that's why, I mean, ultimately Monique was from Potomac was invited back, but when you only had like one person willing to film with her, like you said, you saw how it affects their stay on the show when only one person will film with you. Exactly. Now she, now I think Ashley would have, but ultimately it still would have made group scenes, uh, group scenes difficult. I also think that, um, there, uh, well, it's, it's just really, it's an interesting dynamic, uh, with Potomac because the way that they are going after Wendy probably would not have happened if Monique was back because they would have all still been focused on Monique because Candace would have been focused on Monique and Giselle and Robin would have, um, use the fact that Candace was so focused on Monique as an excuse for them to be focused on Monique, especially after her and her husband eviscerating all three of them. Well, really not so much Candace. They just let Candace cry, but certainly, um, you know, getting at uh, Giselle and Robin in particular. And Robin put herself in the line of fire at the reunion yep. because Robin not said, yeah, had Robin not said anything, nobody was paying her any attention because nobody ever really does. Like even this season with the situation with Wendy, if she didn't open her mouth, it would have been no shots fired at her. Wendy didn't come in the room with any intention on saying anything to Robin. She came in the room with full intention and focus on coming at the person that she came at, which was Giselle. Cause even when, even with Ashley, what she, when Ashley told her, she's like, okay, I'm not even going to go there with you, whatever, you know, you just a messenger. I know who this came from. And she, and she left her be. So, um, but anyway, so yes, ladies, we, we keep up with the show, although I don't necessarily watch it religiously. All right. So that is all we have for tonight. I think once it got towards the end, it got a little filler and Sharia and I probably gave this episode more than it deserved. The beginning, it, it gave what it was supposed to have gave. It was continuation but, of last season. So you saw what they were doing. They it, it caught you up from what they did from the reunion to now. So it serves its yeah. purpose and to be the introduction. I expect more to come. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's what Bravo does is what any show does. I think that, um, that, uh, little trailer, not the trailer, the, uh, although the trailer had people hyped too, but not the trailer, the first look that they released, like the first seven minutes or whatever had people hyped for something that they actually weren't going to not get tonight. because that, uh, 
because, yeah, because that what they released um, the first seven minutes or whatever basically covered that whole scenario of the stop, the van, the that that whole thing. And so it had people hyped for that when if you watch these shows and not just Potomac, they, I mean, not just uh, Salt Lake City, they all do it. They it's kind of become their formula for literally every housewives shows i would say they've been doing that what since at least the last four seasons of every single show where if there is a big event that happens that's going to pretty much be what everybody ends up talking about they will start with that and then the rest of the show is kind of like uh which one of shonda ron shows did did she do that with oh how to get, how to get murder. away murder. yep yeah that's, I mean, that's, that's, and, and that has been consistent on every housewives show, particularly if they have an issue for every season. Um, they will stripper, start with a big fight. Stripper game. Stripper game. <laughs> whoever Teresa Judice throws something at uh, the season before with the big, uh, the what was that, a couple of years ago, where they had that big, big fight on New Jersey where uh old girl, like, uh, uh, try to you know the the last season that Danielle Starr was on when they had that big fight at the table and the candles and all of that. That's how that season started, and then they were like three months ago. Yeah, because they lead up, they, <laughs> um, they show the in, the big incident that's going to be the main point of the whole season. They lead, which is they lead up to it, and then they show the get, aftermath of it. Yep. Yeah, but the difference with this one, which is again, um, is a good thing that they're on Sundays because they've got the Potomac lead in to help with their ratings. Because if they were on Wednesday um, night, like it was last season, they would. Well, first of all, the lead in for that was terrible because it was it was OC, which had nobody anybody wanted to see, and even with that, they still they they managed to be ten times as boring. But so a part of them was a lead in problem because really uh, Salt Lake City did not have that many episodes last season because it was a first season show. And they really only had maybe about four filler episodes out of what, 10, 12. That's actually pretty good because Atlanta gets like 20 something episodes and literally they've gotten to the point, especially since their crap is just the same stuff over and over where like if they got 20 episodes 12 of them are filler. So um, they uh, so they actually get pretty good, especially for a first season show unknown in a place like Salt Lake City. And on top of that, where there's only maybe two characters that gave you a reason to watch it. But I think the what the problem is with this, the difference with all of those other shows in this is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you, again, watch them like I do, is that when there is a big incident that the season is going to end up um, sort of revolving around and whatever, because to some degree, some of the other women are involved in it, uh, for the except for the Erica Jane thing, but even that she told them she was getting a divorce. So they knew she was going through a divorce and they were asking her about it and talking about it. And then the big newspaper article came out. And then, of course, it progressed and got even more, even bigger from there. So there was still some progression to the story, whereas... Well, and I think it's going to hurt this one with them starting so big with that 
is that until they get into the aftermath where apparently, as we see on the previews, there's going to be some questions with some stuff with Meredith, which I think is all a red herring, I don't think, because in real time, we would have heard if any of the other women were uh, brought in or subpoenaed or anything, but, you know, whatever. Um, I th- uh, with this, it comes out of the blue for everybody, even to a certain degree, Jen and her husband, because like I said, um, for reasons that will make sense if you all go back and listen to the other episode, there's no doubt that they had to know that there was the possibility that there was an indictment against her that could possibly come or looming. Um, they still didn't know for sure because the, it was a sealed indictment. So even if they wanted to find out if there was something coming down the pike, they wouldn't have the gut. So the feds definitely kept the fact that they were um, watching her and investigating her and getting her other people to flip on her on the low. However, the other people that she was working with were arrested in 2019. So if the people you're working with were arrested and then you can't uh, do work with them, then obviously you know that the, 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 um, the, the walls are coming down. It's just a matter of time as to whether or not you're going to get away with it. And of course you hope that the more time, the more time goes by and nobody ever comes to get you that you did get away with it because those people were indicted in the fall of 2019 and the other people were indicted in 2017. And here it is 2021 and still nobody is bothering you. You think that you might be home free, that your people didn't talk and, and that you're straight. Mm-hmm. And not only did they not come at you, they didn't come at Stuart either. So um, there's a certain amount of security in that. But um, despite what you know may have been going on in her home, my point is that everything related to the Jen Shaw thing is, it does not have anything to do with anybody else until it all blows up. And of course, just like with Erica Jane on, on Real House of Beverly Hills, you have sort of an ancillary involvement and interest because you're friends with this person that is charged with this major thing. And you don't want somebody looking at you like you crazy, just like we saw with, um, they already showed how uh, Lisa's like, I ain't taking that heifer's calls. I and, and don't and I ain't mad at Lisa for that either. Yep. So especially again when we're talking about the fact that these crimes have victims, just like those ladies be saying to to Erica um, Erica Jane, like, yeah, your life is jacked up, and you know everything's changed for you, and people may think you did this and that, and 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 we know you're unhappy, but we can't really feel all that sorry for you when you sitting up here at the table with us on the Real Housewives Beverly Hills when the particular crimes involved had actual victims. Um, and in Jen Shaw's case, in my opinion, is worse because in Erica Jane's situation, the people who are the victims, <coughs> now granted, it's terrible, but they had lost settlements, uh, legal settlements from cases that they didn't, that they, they didn't get. So it's money that you never had that you that you didn't get. It's owed to you and it's yours and it's dead wrong. But 
you didn't have it in the first place. In the case of Jen Shaw, they're defrauding people out of money they have. Senior citizens who are, you know, using credit cards and whatever they don't have to do this scheme that you're sucking them into, kind of like the whole LuLaRoe thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's, you know, and it's hundreds of people in uh the Jinshaw situation. So um but anyway, it it back to the original point. It doesn't involve everybody else until it happens. So if there's some other drama or some other stuff that makes this uh these women interesting, they they better hop either hop to it or within the next two, three episodes, just give us whatever little BS about Mary and her church and whatever that little, that little scene is they showed with them arguing about who's going to be friends with who at, at the uh, outside in the snow or whatever it is, and then jump right into the criminalities of the situation. Cause really that's the only thing everybody want to see. So other than that, we are good. Is there, uh, if we had to grade this episode, what grade would you give this one? You first, Sharita. I'm looking at a seven. I wasn't overly, it, it, it's the first episode of the season. So I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll get some eight to nines and tens. I just gave it a seven to eight, seven and a half. Let me give it a seven and a half. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to give it i I'm going to give it a seven because they gave us what we wanted, um, with the strong start. They knew that we wanted to see the Jen Shaw thing, even if they didn't give us the whole thing. So I'm, I'm going to, they, they got points just for having the balls to do that, even though they knew it was going to not be related to anything else in the whole rest of the episode and probably even the next five episodes. So um, I'm going to give them a seven for at least giving us exactly what they knew everybody was tuning in for. Um, and also because at least right now I'm feeling Miss Jeannie. So Jenny, um, is it Jeannie or Jenny? Jenny or Jeannie? I'm not sure. You know what? I think it's Jenny because I wrote I wrote down J-E-N-N-I-E. Yeah, that's so, how yeah, spelled uh, yeah. Jenny. Okay, so I'm feeling her, so I'm gonna give it some points for that. Uh, get some. Um, I'm gonna give them some points for uh, that brown outfit that Meredith had on, um, and the scene with with Mary and the podcast and her cutting off the dude praying. That ish was funny. So uh, there was some there was some boring parts that made me say again they're lucky that this is on Sunday so they're getting the Potomac lead in. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I think a strong seven, and if for no other reason because they gave us exactly what they knew we were tuning in for, even if it was only six or seven minutes long. So they, they but uh, they they gonna have to do better uh, coming up because we know that that issue isn't going to be something that comes up for a while. So uh, I guess we'll have to see what they, what these uh, producers and editors come up with. All right, guys, I know this was a little long, but this is our intro coming back. And uh, yeah, I think we gave this episode way more than it needed, but (laughs) 
But thank you uh, for hanging in. And for those of you who, most of you obviously, are going to be hearing this on the recording. This is what we're planning to do unless one of us is traveling that we are going to come on. So if you want to hear it live and be here in the chat room so you can interact with us, we're going to do 10.15, maybe 10.20-ish. Tonight's episode ran until the episode didn't end until 10.15, yeah. right? That's when they started. Watch yeah, what happened yeah. live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, if, uh, so that was the only reason um, why we started late. And usually we only go for about an hour, but tonight we were still doing like some of the backup analysis, but we are so excited, excited to be back. And if there's any other shows you think we should be watching and maybe want to talk about, let us know because again, you know, this, this is what me and Sharita do. She's, she is like my only friend that watches as much television as I do. So (laughs) So even when we're not on here with you, Riri and I are going back and forth either via text or whatever, um, or even on the FNDD talking about this stuff. So, and by the way, if you have not watched the LuLaRoe docu- four-part documentary on Amazon Prime, please watch it because we are going to be doing an episode about that. I have uh, someone who's all ready to come on and I actually have... Um, a girlfriend who, when I initially met her, because we um, are in a group for um, women in small businesses, who was doing LuLaRoe. So um, I'm going to touch base with her, touch base with her to see if she's willing to come on as well. I, I'm sure she will. She's cool. So um, it would be interesting to see how she felt about the uh, fallout as well. So other than that, if you have Apple iTunes, please go on there and leave us five stars and a review. If you want to keep in touch and follow me, then you can certainly uh, go to my social media at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J. That's on Instagram and Twitter. There's also uh, email, Let's Be Honest JJ at gmail.com if you have any stories you want me to talk about, any questions, or even anybody that is connected that you want me to interview, certainly get that information to me and we will get that all set up if I think that it works for the show. And beyond that, you don't have to listen in one place. I am wherever you listen to podcasts, Amazon, Verbal, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Acast, TuneIn, I'm sure there's one I'm forgetting, but chance. Oh, and Google, and I'm I'm on that as well. So, and Sharita, say goodbye to the people. Good night, everybody. Okay, so we love you, best friends and besties. Definitely come back next week our, to our girlfriends and guy friends, and we are signing off. Okay, Sharita, you notice I got the the happy music back that sounds like we're in Salt Lake City. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girl. Talk Talk to you later. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.